Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. And on. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Rob Andreski, VP of Midwest Sales at Inradius, a local programmatic digital advertising platform that is bringing the value of programmatic display, mobile, video, and social to small, mid sized businesses, nonprofits, agencies, and publishers. Rob is is a strategic digital media and technology sales veteran with 18 years experience working with advertisers, agencies, and publishers located throughout the Midwest. Rob's key areas of expertise are digital advertising, including display, programmatic, brand, mobile, and video, information services such as sales and marketing intelligence, big data integration, and cloud service, as well as national and strategic account management. Rob has worked with companies like Monster, Advertising.com, and AOL. Rob, thanks for being on the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me, Morgan. Awesome, awesome. Can you kind of uh, walk us through your background? How did you get into digital media and technology? I see you were um, kind of uh, around some big players there kind of in the early 2000s, late 90s. Yeah, yeah. My real first, you know, stint in, in exposure into the internet and into digital media really started back in 97 uh, when I started with Monster.com. And actually, in those days, it wasn't actually the Monster.com you know today. It was actually a little website called Online Career Center. Uh, From there, I was really lucky to be one of the early employees of what eventually became uh, the Monster.com. And the company that everybody knows today is kind of the leader in job search. Um, I actually spent, so the, the, the interesting and the fun part of that experience for me is I got to see an early innovator in online technology and online publishers and online job search engine um, really generate its first million or actually you know, its first million and then eventually get to near a billion in inventory, all while seeing the company also expand its sales force and its outreach to over 20 countries during my window that was there. So Lots of people have their internet stories. That was one of mine. It was an amazing, uh, you know, amazing experience. From seeing that company grow to where it had gotten to, and see some of the innovation that Monster put out into the marketplace, I had the opportunity to move really over to a business-to-consumer role with what was then Advertising.com, which was really one of the first ad networks really in existence. So, for those that don't know what an ad network is. 
an ad, ad network kind of works like a stock exchange or a stock market in the sense that an ad network would go out and purchase the unsold inventory through thousands of websites across the U.S. and then remarket and bundle overlaying data. So what ad networks were doing, you know, really 10 years ago really evolved into what programmatic advertising, you know, really is today. And I had a great opportunity to start there with ad.com. And then they were uh, essentially merged and rolled into AOL and spent a bunch of years there. So uh, wow. tons of opportunity and tons of tons of experience uh, seeing how the environment of online can be overlaid with uh, today's technology and targeting tactics to execute really, really fundamentally strong and sound uh, marketing campaigns. Yeah, it must have been a, an incredible learning experience. What would you say are the one or two or even three things, big takeaways you uh, took from working for companies that were pioneers in their industry like that? Now, the first thing that I've learned is to always innovate. <laughs> um, mm. You know, I think one of the challenges Monster had in its later windows, and it's starting to come back around today, but Monster settled back on its laurels of really being the biggest. They touted their reach numbers. They touted their unique visitors as being the biggest and not being able to have anybody come close to them. What they lost sight of was the technology behind the scenes that was really the reason why job seekers came to the site, um, why employers came to the site to leverage the tools, and they got behind. And eventually, LinkedIn came in and took a chunk out of their share. Mm. Indeed came in, wow. took a chunk out of their share, and other folks that were competitive in the market started to nibble a little bit. The, the Probably the second thing that I have learned is online is all about audiences. And really prior to online, you really had no really good strategic way of being able to try to figure out if your advertising was working and who you were truly reaching. Um, TV and radio, you know, certainly had their audience shares. So you could estimate um, what share of a certain market or a demographic you were getting by buying in a certain window. With online, you have the ability to be able to specifically target and specifically reach who you want to. And so it's no longer about a guessing game. It's really about understanding and learning who your most valuable customers are and then figuring out the best, most effective ways to be able to reach them and target them online. Awesome. Definitely makes sense. Kind of as the internet and advertising and media have matured, what types of trends are you seeing now and within the next few years, either within the innovation that's happening within your company and just within the larger marketplace of technology? What kind of marketing and sales technology trends are you seeing? Really, probably the biggest change and the biggest, I mean, I don't know if I really want to say to innovation, but really a trend is what I mentioned and referred to earlier as programmatic advertising. And so we always kind of broke marketers and online marketing really into kind of two buckets. Really, there was brand marketing and then there was programmatic. Brand, you know, really tied into placing your advertising and aligning with contextual relevance to influence and to impact a person's perception of your company and your product or build awareness of the product um, across the board. You did that by aligning yourself with specific publishers who had specific audiences or content that aligned with your products. In today's day and age uh, with programmatic advertising, if you want to reach 
you know, males 35 to 45 who have household income of over $150,000, you no longer have to guess which publishers that are there. We leverage and can leverage not only first party and second party data and third party data really to be able to identify who those individuals are online and then be able to serve them and reach them wherever they are. So we don't ever have to guess anymore about where a candidate or where a client or customer might be. Um, we have the ability to follow those cookies and target individuals, you know, essentially based on those cookies. And while programmatic isn't something new, it is something that is becoming more and more mainstream. The percent of budget share that uh, large innovative online marketers are starting to push towards programmatic and really that ability to be able to reach a customer directly one impression at a time, you know, not only saves you money uh, that you know you're targeting the right person, but the ability and the technology inside of programmatic advertising allows you to do it a lot more efficiently. You don't have to pay the 25 and 30 and $40 CPMs or the $10,000 print magazine uh, fee to hopefully gain reach. You can do it in single-digit CPMs in most cases. Mm, so you're really getting more mileage out of your dollars. Uh, your Absolutely. Dollars. I mean, you're, yeah, you're, I mean, you're really in that period where you do not have to waste advertising impressions. If you have a $1,000 marketing budget or a $10,000 marketing budget or a $100,000 marketing budget, the name of the game is making sure that as much of that budget is spent hitting exactly the audience that you want to reach. And in today's technology and the direction that today's technology is moving, I have really, truly the ability to be able to do that. Mm, very interesting. Let's put like a, a B2B lens on that. And can you just kind of walk us through how a company selling to another business would use programmatic advertising or kind of how it would differ than what they're doing traditionally? Yeah. We'll go with kind of an easy, you know, kind of an easy high level case, you know, sample. You know, let's say you are a phone company in a local market or a mobile provider, and you are really truly trying to reach, you know, mid-sized businesses that have one to 10 employees. In today's day and age, we have the ability to be able to reach those individuals or individuals that work at companies of that size very quickly and very easily. And so when you execute a campaign through display advertising um, on a laptop or on a desktop computer, or even across a mobile device, the ad can be seen directly and targeted directly to those individuals that are working inside of a business of that size. The next thing is, of course, you're a local phone provider uh, or mobile provider. One of your concerns may be that you know you really only focus on the market inside of a certain DMA, or if you're a salesperson or, or representing a company, you may only only be focused on you know a handful of zip codes. Um, today's day and age allows you to also overlay that location data to ensure that not only are you hitting those small businesses of the size that you need, but you also have the ability to overlay it and only spend the money to those businesses that are in the geography that you really want to target. Um, mm. and, you know, that type of technology and that type of pass is very, very valuable. I'll give you another example. You know, one of the big trends in D2B advertising over the last few, you know, actually really over the last several years has been content marketing. You hear it talked about, mm -hmm. you know, really nonstop about building content and businesses need to drive more content, be it videos, be it social media posts, 
be it blog posts or articles on their website or white papers, the one question and the one thing that, that businesses need to continue to evaluate and change is really something that I learned when I was at AOL. AOL acquired uh, the Huffington Post. And one of the things that made the Huffington Post what it was, was this mantra they had of brand as publisher. What essentially that means in the way that I always explain it to clients is when you are a brand and you're creating content, um, you can't have a build it and they will come mentality. Um, you can't create content, place it on your website, put it on your blog, and then just kind of sit back and wait for folks to come in. You really have to take a publisher's mindset. And a publisher's role really at any publication is to drive revenue, right? To make money from the, from the, uh, the content that's being created. And so brands, as they are creating their own content and their own white papers, um, they need to step back and view it with a lens of, okay, well, now how do I make money off of this? How do I promote it to the right audience that's going to come and visit it and read it and drive leads or drive purchases or extend our, our thought leader position inside of a market? Quickly, the most efficient way to do that and the quickest way to do that is with paid advertising. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I would say not only paid advertising, I mean, leveraging social, leveraging your social circles, leveraging uh, ways to get that message and that content out into the mainstream media is always going to be your first easy pass. But once that easy pass is used up, you've got to find other ways to be able to drive that, uh, to drive that business in. And that really boils down to leveraging things um, like paid media, right? Yet leveraging digital media and targeting the specific audiences to promote that content, promote your, your products. Awesome. And when it comes to content marketing, putting content in front of people, there's kind of a, a two-pronged uh, question I have here. What types of content are you seeing that are kind of getting people's attention more, right? There are are the old school white papers not cutting it as much anymore? What types of content are really getting through to buyers? And where are you seeing these type, this um, advertising? Where is it being placed where it's getting more attention? So let me try and um, say that a little bit better. Messenger is pretty big right now. Uh, I know chatbots are pretty big right now because the open rates are so high, right? There's a lot of, um, I'm sure everyone's been familiar with um, different ads being placed in their Facebook Messenger program, and there's not a lot of noise there as there, as there is in other channels like email and what have you. What types of digital real estate are becoming more popular that have been underused, and, and what types of content is really turning heads now? Yeah, I would say, you know, number one, video. Companies that are creating and producing high-value, high-impact um, short videos are really seeing growth and bang from the buck as far as what they are putting into those. Everybody is consuming small bits of video. And I would say, you know, in the B2B space, videos that are sub four minutes are fantastic. I mean, they have the ability to be able to cut down into 15, 30 second short paid media type ad placements that can be clicked through for the continuation of the content or additional content or additional strings of episodes, uh, so on and so forth. So video would be the one place I would look. Video um, also functions, um, a lot of people don't realize now, can function very similarly to the way that we can target display advertising, um, you know, leveraging industry type and business size 
even targeting all the way down to individuals' professional levels and roles inside of a company. So not only are you producing that video, but then you can put it then directly in the hands of the individuals who are most likely to consume it and understand the purpose and the role of your product and the organization that you represent. The second piece um, and the second part would be infographics. Infographics have been around for a really long time, but you certainly are seeing them leveraged in very new and interesting ways to help promote a white paper, act as a visual executive summary for a blog post or, or research that a company has done. Um, they're very easy, shareable pieces of content, social media friendly, and can be clipped out and used to be the basis of a creative campaign. Awesome. Awesome. And I want to uh, ask about, I know you guys are doing some pretty interesting things with Geofence advertising over at and Radius. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and kind of how you're, you're leveraging that? Yeah, well, so at Enradius is we really are a local digital marketing platform. And essentially what that means is everything we do um, is wrapped or based first with an eye on the location and where an individual is based. And so that could be at a state level, at a regional level, um, that could be inside of a, a specific DMA city or even down to a zip code. One of the things that we have been doing a lot of recently is really now focused into the mobile and to the handheld devices. And as we start looking at mobile, we have the ability to not only have to look at zip code and larger areas, but we have the ability to narrow that targeting down as close as 100 meters around a specific address or a wow. launch point. And so in the B2B space, the way we are working and leveraging with clients, you know, number one is easy things like taking a company's client list and physically uploading their client list or prospect list into our system, place small radiuses around the physical building of the companies that they're trying to reach or trying to target and delivering messages to folks while they're inside of that fence or even after they've left that fence. So we have the ability to be able to follow them for up to 30 days after. We have the ability to cut geofences based on trade shows. So trade mm. shows is always a huge line item in any B2B businesses, mm -hmm. you know, marketing book. And so everyone is always trying to figure out, you know, number one, everybody didn't come and visit me, you know, is did the trade show give me a valid list of everybody that was there? Did I get good contact information? How can I continue to nurture and contact those folks? Um, we have the ability when we geofence a, a conference location, we not only can reach and talk to folks while they're at the conference or even at their hotels surrounding the conference, um, we can continue to follow them after they've left. And so we can continue to help a company have a dialogue and stay top of mind even after they've left that trade show floor. Wow. That is, I can see that being very valuable, especially at trade shows, as you mentioned, because that's where the buyers are, and they are not putting out fires right at their desks. They're actually there to learn and um, seek out potential technologies or just potential vendors that they can invest in and partner with. So that seems incredibly useful just to, just to cast a wider and better net when trying to advertise a market to prospects, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. 
Well, Rob, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. How can uh, people get in touch with you if they're interested in uh, you know, starting up a dialogue with you or possibly speaking about how NRadius can help their business? Yeah, absolutely. I can be reached at rob at nradius.com uh, is my email address. Also, feel free to visit our, uh, our corporate website, uh, nradius.com. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for joining me today, Rob. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Morgan. I appreciate it, too. I enjoyed the time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.